And now. And now. And now. Item. 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 With Tommy Lee. Item. With Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Item number 91. I'm Tommy Lee, and this is the Item Podcast. It's my random record button, and this episode is part two of Ranking Rush. Explanation, of course, in the previous podcast. Item. Last time I gave you albums 19 through 11 of my personal Rush album rankings. You did not ask for this. You were not consulted about the idea or the list, and you might be wondering where the hell the soapbox of political ranting you used to find at this particular uh, podcast might have gone. Let's just say I'm tired on the item of whipping that particular horse corpse, and I've moved on. I was inspired to do this because, A, I found a Rush podcast that really pissed me off because the two guys snickering through it obviously hated the band, and B, because I took the news of the alleged breakup of Rush, which I totally refused to accept at face value, somewhat hard. And I just finished listening to their entire library every day during my 20-plus minute commute to work, or the store, or wherever I was driving to. It's been all Rush in the car since January 22nd. Let's just say that my wife is a very, very patient woman for putting up with this wherever we went somewhere on the weekends. To recap, well, you could just listen to item number 90, but in a nutshell, they went like this. Number 19, Rush. Number 18, Test for Echo. 17, 16, 15, and 14 were Power Windows, Hold Your Fire, Presto, and Roll the Bones. Put them in whatever order you like. Number 13, Vapor Trails. Number 12, Snakes and Arrows. And number 11, Caress of Steel. Yes, I put steel that far up there. Do your own damn list if you don't like it, man. One quick note, feedback is not on that list, and they won't be on this list either. I'm skipping the EP. We can all agree it's awesome, but it's not a Rush album per se. Not really. And, of course, I'm not doing the live albums because so many of them are identical. I'm also tagging what I think are the best and worst songs on each and what I think of as the hidden gem. And now, on with the countdown. The hits from coast to coast. Item. Number 10 on the Rush ratings is Signals. It's a hard LP to place for me because when I discovered the band, it was their latest album. And I love this frickin' album, but there are nine others, obviously, that I like more. Best song? Well, duh, it's Subdivisions. Worst? Maybe Digital Man, which I could never really get into. The hidden gem is The Weapon. I didn't pick Losing It because it's hardly hidden. Almost every Rush fan I know loves that song and was filled with joy to hear that they added it to the set list for the final tour, playing it live for the first time ever during our 40. Moving on, number nine, A Farewell to Kings. Diving back into this album was like finding a pristine pearl while shucking oysters. I had completely forgotten how great this album is. The first album of the new Confident Rush after 2112 gave them a little more creative autonomy with the label. This sucker was a prog rock dream, and being an old Genesis and Yes fan, I really dug that. Uh, It's the first true signs of the band learning how to better control their own genius proficiency on their instruments, Alex plastering some amazing solos across the whole of the album, especially in the opening title track, my pick for the hidden gem of the set, and the sprawling closing suite of Cygnus X1. Best track? Xanadu, in my opinion. The worst is, wow, Madrigal. Number eight is the band's last studio album, until they realize that they can't leave us and have to keep recording and head back to the studio someday. Clockwork Angels. The concept album that made for a nifty novel as well is loaded with seven cities worth of gold. 
The band is tight, they're hungry, and nothing here feels forced at all, except maybe the worst cut on it, Brought Up to Believe 2, which wasn't really necessary and smacks of filler, and it just, I don't know, it just rubs me the wrong way. Both tonally and in terms of the overall story, Brought Up to Believe 2 doesn't really need to be on the album. One man's opinion. Anyway... Halo Effect is probably the hidden gem. The best song is a dogfight for me between The Garden, Caravan, Headlong Flight, which I dearly love, and the title track. I probably give the nod to Headlong Flight simply because it made for a great single. It has a great nostalgia feel for the band's entire career. And because that song has lived in my iPod since the single first showed up before the album was released at the WAOR studio, we got the single. I straight up stole it from my own collection after dubbing it into the network with the blessings of our PD at the time, Mr. Mike Rags. It was a very fitting farewell to their studio library if it does indeed prove to be their last bow with headphones. Highly recommended if you haven't heard Clockwork Angels. Uh, moving on, moving pictures. Number seven. That's the easy answer for most fans for Rush's best album, but on a personal list for me, seven is exactly where I have to put moving pictures. It's the LP, yes, that pulled them out of the arenas and put them into stadiums. It's the one that made them somewhat cool to both the Elvis Costello fans and the Led Zeppelin fans. It's the album that made them the band to see that year, as they said in the documentary, and won over a legion of devoted fans that discovered, much to their surprise, that there were several other albums yet to be heard. And I was not one of them. I was still an album away from discovering Rush, still listening to Queen and Kiss and my parents' musical albums and their old 45s that my sister and I stole out of the basement, and the random 8-tracks of classic rock and pop that I had for, yes, my 8-track player. Everything on Moving Pictures became a live staple for years, and half of it still lives on rock radio stations, as it should. Personal choice, really, is where this has to go. I would put Red Barchetta up as my personal pick for the best song on Moving Pictures. The Camera Eye, probably my least favorite. The lyrics are silly. And the hidden gem is the one song that most fans forget was on this album, but it's one of my favorites. Witch Hunt. Probably top 10 rush all time for me, Witch Hunt. Fly By Night lands at number six. It's their sophomore outing. They're first with Neil writing most of the lyrics. Not all, contrary to popular belief. And pounding the drums. Uh, the Birth of the Professor. Le Professeur. Sure, some of it was... Still really silly and pretentious, like we found on the self-titled release, but you're supposed to be like that in your early 20s. Anyway, I'm torn between Anthem and the title track, and Beneath, Between, and Behind for the best song. I always have been torn between those three songs. In the end is the hidden gem, if it isn't the sprawling Bitor and the Snow Dog, and the worst song is easily Rivendell. Again, Hobbits. So many Hobbits. Hmm. Number five is Permanent Waves. It's the album that transformed Rush from a prog rock power trio to the classic rock monster power trio that they were in the 80s. The Spirit of Radio made them stars, but I personally think that the best song in the album is Entree New. Natural Science, probably my least favorite. I can't really say worst song for anything on the top five albums, but least favorite. The Hidden Gem, Different Strings, with an honorable mention for Jacob's Ladder. Number four, Hemispheres. For the life of me, I will never understand why so many Rush fans hate Hemispheres. Sure, it's just two long songs and two short ones. 
Sure, the last song in the previous album was so freaking long that it's continued across the entire first side of this one. Sure, there's a very political statement behind the trees that's a little bit annoying, but the album is the peak of Rush's noodling, and their noodling is always entertaining, at least to me. And Cygnus X1 Book 2 had some killer shit in it. I mean, the best song for my money is obviously La Via Strangiato, which I used to be able to play every note of on my bass, even if I couldn't get the timing quite right. This was back when I was young and talented. The Hidden Gem is one of my all-time favorite cuts from the band Circumstances. That song was one of my personal top ten of uh, all of classic rock that I played during the last show of the original WAOR on the air. Uh, back when I was doing middays and the station died. Number three is an album I know by heart. The third age of the band, <clears throat> excuse me, began with the album Counterparts. The album has a couple of stumbles in style, but it rips through a return to the hard-edged sound that attracted me to Rush when I first discovered the back catalog with a nod to the future. The day Pearl Jam's second album came out, they had a big midnight release party at a bunch of different record stores. I went to one in Niles, bought the album happily, but my real reason for wanting to go that night was another album being released at the same time, Counterparts by Rush. I took it home. I learned every note of it on my bass in one sitting over the course of three hours until I had it nailed. Love Counterparts. It's such a great return to form for Rush. Animate, one of the best opening songs Rush ever put out. Neil Peart agrees and calls it one of their best openers. Who are we to debate La Prefessure? Double Agent is probably the hidden gem. There's no least favorite here. If you think there is one, you're wrong. You, you just are. Anyway, number two. We're getting close. Number two is the first new album that I bought from Rush, Grace Under Pressure, which gave me Geddy Lee with a headless Steinberger bass, Alex looking like an escapee from a flock of seagulls, and Neil looking like the human atomic clock, as usual. When this album came out, I was in the midst of teaching myself how to play the bass guitar, and the album was one of my first lessons. I still catch myself doing the fretwork and the steering wheel in the car when driving and listening to it. Every song on this album is seared into my brain meat like that. It was the first new material that I had for the band whose back catalog I'd been absorbing for six months while waiting for this album to come out. Before this album hit, when I was 13, I considered myself a huge Kiss fan, and had been since I was about six after Grace Under Pressure, though, my true loyalty was with Rush, and I was ready to follow them into the fire. Listening to the way that they played made me understand that there was more to rock and roll than just the awesome thump in theater that I had gotten previously from Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter. Red Sector A, Between the Wheels, Distant Early Warning, The Enemy Within, almost everything is the best song on this album for me. After Image, in my opinion, is the hidden gem. It's the song that I thought of instantly when I heard that my friend Ryan had passed away a few years ago. So obviously this leaves 2112 in the top spot. No surprise there if you're a friend of mine. The opus on side one speaks for itself. It's a prog rock masterpiece, whether you agree with the Ayn Rand angle or not. Yes, it's about a whiny kid who pouts when he isn't allowed to play the guitar that he found in a cave. But beyond the lyrics and the story, there's an incredible storybook of music that's interrupted by a few really awkward minutes of Alex tuning anyway here's a thought by the way i think that the song something for nothing from side b was originally supposed to be part of side a but it was too long i mean lyrically tonally it seems like more of a side a song for this album than a side b song the lyrics also sound like something that would have been hurled at our young hero by the priests in the temple possibly after presentation maybe later in 2112 anyway the hidden gem of the album 
is the silly Twilight Zone, and I would rank Tears a bit higher than Lessons as the low points of 2112. But myself, being a huge fan, I don't think there's a bad song on it. So there you have it. My rankings of all 19 studio albums from Rush minus Feedback. And now one last thing. If you haven't listened to the Archive podcast yet, please do so. I would appreciate your feedback on it, your subscriptions, your ratings, your undying devotion to my original fiction, your purchase of all of my books, and etc. If you're going to do at least part of that, I'd be happy. We're two episodes in, and the story is about to start getting really messed up for our young heroine, Jennifer Tor. Here's a taste. Hello? Sometimes it's a bad idea to curl up with a good book. Daddy, I need you to arrange another diplomatic package for me. I found a bottle of wine and a book I want to send home. Oh, been spending a lot, have you? No, no, no. They seriously just fell into my lap. Jennifer Tor is about to learn that some books were never meant to be read. Anna Machari. The Archive Podcast. This has been the Item Podcast, as usual, an exercise in self-indulgence. Please send all queries, comments, and pictures of your favorite chunk of Rush memorabilia to the Item Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, we are all kept equal by Hatchet X and Saw. This has been Item with Tommy Lee. Podcast by Federated Media. Podcast by Federated Media.